Good morning, Faith Builders Church. Y'all get your bellies filled this weekend? Yeah, you still got leftovers in the fridge and all that good stuff? Hallelujah. <laughs> we got somebody excited in the house this morning, I'll tell you. Leftovers are of God. Praise the Lord. But I, all, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you all took the time to really be thankful for the one that creates the need or the desire to be thankful in this season. And I hope that all of your dreams, all of your wishes come true. We're coming into a brand new year. 2021 is around the corner. Praise the Lord. We are going to kiss 2020 goodbye. Hallelujah. If you ever find that the DeLorean, you know, that will transfer you, the Back to the Future one, do not press in 2020. Okay, just, just skip that one and praise the Lord. Find something else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to take this opportunity this morning uh, to thank Pastor Barb for allowing me to be here this morning and actually minister to you. She's our pastor, and she's uh, taken a little sabbatical. Praise the Lord, I took a big sabbatical, but it's good for us to just get away sometimes and just clear our heads and just really kind of hit that reset button. But uh, I'm going to bring a word to you this morning. I can tell you whether you're sitting here in this audience or you're watching this outside of this church this morning, this is a word that can absolutely transform where you are and where you're on your way to. And uh, the title of this message is really Expecting the Miraculous. You see, miracles happen every single day. Every minute of every day, miracles are happening. Some of those miracles you never see until maybe we get to the sweet by and by. We get to the presence of God, and you'll look back and say, oh, my goodness, look what God did in the nations. Oh, my goodness, look what God did in the, 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 the world in these different times that just held it all together and caused it to continue to move forward to where we are in the presence of God at that time. But some of us just need a miracle today. Some of us just need a miracle today. And one thing that I know is that if, you're, if there's something missing or broken in your life this morning, God has made a way where there seems to be no way for that to occur. That doesn't mean, you know, here, here's what I've noticed, is people will think, oh, well, if anybody knew about this in my life, then, you know, my, oh, my goodness, it would be the worst thing ever. But what I want to tell you this morning is that sometimes you just have to declare the failure in your life. You're not the failure. It is the failure. And if you're not careful, it, you will become it. And you will adopt the nature of it rather than adopting the nature of who you are in Jesus Christ. So I want to read a couple anthem scriptures. Most of you have probably heard of these. What I would encourage you to do is take one of these or both of them or go look them up for yourself and find a whole bunch more, but put it on a post-it note, you know, put it right there where you're brushing your teeth so you can see yourself through what I'm about to read here for you this morning. First scripture is found in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. It says, then Jesus said to the disciples, do I have any disciples in the house this morning? So he's talking to you. He says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this circumstance, be lifted up and thrown somewhere else, and it will happen. But, everybody say but. You know, some of us just want to name it and claim it, and then just, well, God didn't do it, and oh my goodness, you know, it must not have been God's will. That's not the case. God's will is for nothing to be missing or broken in your life. So it says, but you must... 
really believe. You must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in what you believe. I tell you, you can pray for anything, anything. And if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. Now, that scripture is incredible. But here's where we get off course. Is that we're claiming what's ours in Christ, but we're never going down to that next level of where those doubts are. It's almost like we deny the doubt, even though we know that it's true in our heart. We're just not quite there where we really believe that what God said he would do in this area of your life, we're not quite there. And so instead of dealing with the doubt, we kind of push it off to the side. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I want to challenge all of you this morning to not just proclaim what you want in your life or what you need in your life, whatever that missing or broken thing is, but I actually want you to go and I want you to dig up the doubt that is there. Because if you don't deal with the doubt, the doubt is going to deal with you. You think, oh, I don't know, Pastor Paul. You know, I'm in faith. I'm believing God. I'm this, I'm that. Okay, I, I get all that. That's a great place to be. But if you don't deal with these doubts, if you don't deal with these things that are running the show under the surface, you're just going to go through the same experience over and over and over again and wonder why. Because the Bible says right here, it says you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt about it. So you've got to deal with the doubt. You've got to deal with the excuses that you've created around yourself where I'm the victim of the circumstance. If only so-and-so would do something different. If only the government would do something different. If only the economy was different. If only this or that. I mean, there's a million excuses out there as to why you can't. But the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It doesn't say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you unless... You can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. But you're going to have to realize that you're not living in a natural realm when you're, when you're operating in, by the Spirit. You see, most of us relate to our lives by our circumstances, the physicality of it, the physical body, the physical nature of my circumstances and situations and my finances, my relationships, and all this stuff. And so we're looking at all the outcome, and we're all going, oh, my goodness, I don't like the outcome. I don't like the way things are. Oh, I wouldn't have wished this on my life, but here I am. I'm here to tell you this morning that your belief and whatever you believe in becomes the manifestation of what you're experiencing in the natural. So if you can create the circumstances that you have right now, then any other circumstance is available to you once you can renew your mind to the Word of God and not to the circumstance. Because the thing I know about a miracle is that I'm not involved in the miracle. 
if I, if I could do miracles in and of myself, there'd be no need for God. There'd be no need for Christ. There'd be no need for any of that. I could just go out and I could just perform miracle after miracle after miracle. But I'm here to tell you there is a cause for Christ. I'm here to tell you that it's not based on how good or bad you are because the Bible actually says that if you say you're without sin, you are of the devil. That's what the Bible says. So it's like, well, no, but I could become better. I could become better. I could become better. I could become better, and I could keep climbing this ladder and so on and so forth. If you're climbing the ladder and you're becoming better and you're not doing it with the measure of faith and belief in the Word of God, it doesn't count. It just doesn't matter anymore. You're going to be able to do this on yourself. You're going to be able to achieve the things you want to achieve in your life, and that's the way it will be. But what I'm talking about is accepting the simple nature of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ where there's nothing missing or broken in my life. And you know what? My life may not be evident of that today, but my faith in the promises of God, which are yes and amen to those who believe and called according to his heavenly purpose, not the earthly purpose, praise the Lord, are mine. I have adopted a brand new nature. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am not a body. I am a spirit. My body is the vessel that will carry me from point A to point B. But I tell you, this body's going to do what the brain is going to tell it to do. And the brain is, is in this dynamic where it needs to be renewed by the Word of God because we've been taught the wrong things the wrong way and all of this. And, oh, you've got to follow this list of rules. And, oh, you've got to follow these religious tenets in your life. And if you don't do those things, oh, boy, you know, the wrath of God is coming. Well, listen to me, guys. You're never going to be good enough in and of yourself. But I will qualify that with, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in Him. See, that is a walk of faith. It's not a walk of my circumstances and the way things appear in my life today. So many people will come into the body of Christ, and they'll, they'll be here, and they'll do great, and then all of a sudden they fall off the wagon, they do the bad thing again, and all of a sudden they don't feel qualified to come back into the house of God. Enough of that. Enough of that. Jesus died for that sin. Jesus overcame that sin. Jesus was tempted in everything and yet did not sin. He said, oh man, I don't know if he was tempted in the things I'm tempted in. Yes, he was. To the nth degree tempted. Didn't do it, but was tempted by it. And so you've got to get beyond how good or how bad you are and get into the faith walk in the finished work of Jesus Christ that says, you know what, I'm no good. I, I can't do it myself. I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have nothing missing or broken in my life. I walk in goodness and mercy all the days of my life. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am that. Well, I don't know about that, brother. I mean, look at your life. It's pretty screwed up. I mean, wow, you got this going on and you got that going on and all of these kinds of things. Again, the natural thinking, the, the reasoning mind is going to want to unpickle the pickle. I've been pickled by Jesus, man, and you cannot unpickle me. I'm telling you, I am as pickled as you can get. May not look like it on the outside. I may have all the bumps in the wrong places on my pickle, but praise the Lord. 
I am being renewed day by day by day by day. Everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm applying the Word of God into my life is changing me. It's transforming me. And it's not only changing and transforming me, it's changing and transforming everything I, I, I put my hands to is what the Bible says. Every place I put my feet to is blessed of God. I don't know, Pastor Paul. You know, I, I've been having faith and I've been having belief. But what I want you to do is get to the doubt. Where is the doubt? Deal with the doubt. Renew your mind so that you can overcome the doubts that you have. Matthew 19, 26, another anthem scripture of expecting the miraculous. It says, Jesus looked at them intently. He didn't just look at them like I'm looking at you. He was like, you, you like mama to the little kid, like, I got your attention here. And he said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, every single thing becomes possible. Many of us in this room this morning have not, have not taken the time to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to us as individuals so that we can know the plan that He has for us and that we can unfold that plan through our walk in Christ. And what happens is, is when you don't have a destination, when you don't have that vision from God in your life, what happens is, is life becomes K-sera-sera, just come what will, and, you know, I'll respond to this when it happens, and I'll respond to that when it happens, and so on and so forth. But what I'm here to tell you is, is if you know what God is speaking to your heart, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter how, many, how challenging it can become, no matter what it is, you have the victory in Christ. You possess it. And the thing about the difference between having a vision from God from your life and not having a vision from God in your life is that if when you have a vision as you as you're beginning to to apply yourself, apply your faith, apply who you are in Christ to that, all of a sudden you can start to see you're making progress. But if you don't know where you're going, if you haven't taken the time to hear what the spirit of God is saying, how would you know where you are? In your journey. God is working all the time on your behalf. Omnipotent, 24-7, doesn't even take Christmas Day off. Praise the Lord. No vacation time. Hallelujah. He is at work in your life. But you are going to have to take the time to know God's will for your life. It doesn't have to be some big pie-in-the-sky thing. It doesn't have to be that. Just what is the next logical step in my walk in Christ right now? Where if I applied myself to a certain circumstance in my life and I renewed my mind to the Word of God and I could begin to address that in my life in a way that, you know what, I'm not good enough, the psychologist, the self-help guru, you know, uh, Allah, Buddha, nobody else can help me. Just, just Christ. Just Christ. Wow. You could start to unfold this incredible journey that's right here in front of you. Circumstances that aren't going your way aren't there to just, you know, kind of bend your knee to, make excuses about, 
become the victim of. They're there to reveal your need for Christ. And you can't use, like this scripture is talking about, you can't use your human understanding. You can't use reasoning to try to obtain what God has for your life. I had a, a person, so I just won't say if it was a man or a woman, but a person right after first service. And this person came to me and they said, you know, well, what about this? What about this, though? And I said, well, the Word of God, if it can raise the dead, now just hear me, like it's over. The line is flat, okay? You still have something to measure because you're still alive. And I would rather have faith to believe that God is going to move in my life and stand firm in that thing and even die. Hear me by the Spirit of God. Even die. I won't die. The Bible says I'll live and not die. Praise the Lord. But I'm saying, to the ends of myself, I would rather stand there and, and have to depend wholly on God to do what He said He would do than try to run around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to use my human reasoning to try to figure out, well, what about this? And what about that? And how about this? And what about that? Well, does it apply to this? Does it apply to that? It applies to everything that pertains to your life and to your life in godliness. Everything. Everything is covered. So you think, oh, my goodness, well, what am I doing? you got to address those doubts in your life. You've got to address where you're using human reasoning instead of the Word of God to begin to perform in a way that Christ actually died so that you could receive. I will go as far as to say this. Any other reasoning beyond what the Word of God says is nothing but useless religion. It's useless. It's not going to help you in any way. You must have belief. You must have faith in the Word of God. You must say, well, no, that's the way I used to think, but I don't think that way anymore. Now, like Pastor Paul said, I've got my post-it notes right there on my mirror. Boy, when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm reading those things, and I'm seeing myself in those scriptures. I'm seeing them activated in my life, and I'm dealing with the underlying cause of my problem, which is my doubt in the power of the Word of God. There's a battle between the, the physical and the spirit, isn't there? The spirit. You know, that physical realm, that, that what I'm witnessing every day in the natural, if you're not careful, will become a reinforcement to what you're believing in the first place that's creating those circumstances. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you can walk by the spirit so you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a big disparity right now between science and spirituality. Well, praise the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm believing for my healing. I'm not going to those doctors. I'm not going into that hospital. Really? Wow. So it has to happen that way. You see, I'm going to do everything I can do. If, if I become sick in my body, I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to say to God, okay, I went to the doctor, and here's what he said or she said. And this is the treatment plan. Boy, this doesn't look very good. But God, what do you have to say about this treatment plan? Is there something else that I need to experience? Is there someone else I need to talk to? Is there something else? And I'm talking about purely in a natural realm. 
Some people are like, I will never go to the doctor. I will only pray, and I'll only receive. Do you know that Luke in the Bible was a physician? He was a doctor. Do you know that? He was a doctor. And so what I'm saying here is there can't be the all this or none of that. There has to be, okay, I, I know the spirit, I know the natural, but I have this beautiful thing called my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I need to make sure that I direct my mind towards the things of God, whatever they may be. Your answer to your problems, I mean, is closer than the person you're sitting next to. But you are going to have to step back from your life, examine what is working and what is not working, and begin to address these doubts in your life. Because it's the soul where the battle will be won. Your soul is your mind, it is your will, and it is your emotions. And you are a three-part being. I am a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. And it's the soul that's going to want to go towards the human reasoning or the reasoning from the Word of God, the truth that could make you free. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 8 says, We are human, and we humans in the house this morning, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Now, I want you to read this and really begin to understand what the Scripture is going to tell you here because this is what will make the difference. This is where the rubber meets the road. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of what? Human reasoning. To destroy false doctrines or arguments against the simplicity of the finished work of Jesus Christ where there's nothing missing or broken in your life. It says, we destroy every prideful obstacle. Anybody got any pride in the house? That keeps people, hear this, from knowing God. You can know God. Anything that obstructs you from knowing God, you have been given the weapons to push that out of the way and bring in truth in your life. Here's what I know about God. He is not a respecter of people, meaning he'll do anything for anybody at any time, but he is a respecter of his word. He's not in this so you can get your new car He's not in this so you can get your new house. He's not here so you can get your new spouse. He's not here so you can get your new kid and all the other stuff that you want in your life. Yes, you can have all of those things, but if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God, and that's not enough, and your right standing to do that, then you're not going to receive all the things that he already has in store for you. 
you got to get out of this religious idea that I got to do all these things and I got to make all, make all these tenants and I got to da 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 da. And you know what? If I'm not the best at something, then I'm the worst at something. And I, you're comparing yourself to others. And all this human reasoning is just overriding everything that the Word of God, everything that Jesus nailed himself to the cross for, everything that has, has been accomplished. You just say, well, you know, I, I did, maybe some other time. And the needless suffering ensues. I read you scriptures that says anything is possible. I read you scriptures that says if you believe, you can have anything. I, I read you the scripture that says nothing is impossible to those who believe. I, I've read you those. Those scriptures are as true as the fact that I can give my life to Jesus Christ, and if I do that, I'm going to be saved and go into heaven. You talk about a miracle of all miracles, that somehow a sinful person can come into the presence of God. That's a huge miracle. But I'm talking about here on this earth, right here, right now, getting renewed by the Word of God so that you can do and perform the things that only God can do through you. You are nothing more than a vessel of God's glory. I'm not the glory, but I am the vessel of it. Praise the Lord. Lord God, use me. Lord God, fill me to overflowing. Lord God, may I have the evidence of, of, of all the supernatural power that Christ accomplished so that we can overcome this world. Because I got a secret for you. You're in this world, but you're not of it. You can't use worldly things to try to fix your problems anymore. There is the miraculous. There is the level of expectation that says, I am, I am, I am a brand new creation in him. I'm not going to focus on my life the way I used to focus. I'm not focused on my circumstances. Everything in my life is subject to change. And praise the Lord, all i got to do is adopt the nature of Christ in my life and quit making it so difficult, quit having to think I have to walk through broken glass to get there somehow, and I have to do all these works. Listen, if the works that you're doing aren't, the, aren't, aren't uh, 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 um, full of the glory of God, then they're, no, they're of no use. They're of no use. But with your faith and the measure of faith that God has given to you, you have the ability now to go, whoa, wait a second here. It's as simple as me constantly reminding myself that I am a child of God. If I am a child of God, then I have all the benefits of the kingdom of God. Now I can operate in the kingdom dynamics rather than the world dynamics. And the supernatural will begin to override your natural experience. Second Corinthians 10, I'm going to pick up with verse 6. It says, after you have become fully obedient. Obedient to what? To do what God has asked you to do. To, to Number one, tune into the Spirit of God. Hear what it is that He has for you. And be content in what He has for you to do. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Disobedient to what? To the simplicity of Jesus Christ. The fact that you're disqualified because of some certain number a doctor gave you or your financial advisor gave you or I don't know what it is. But whatever measure that has been brought to you, you can overcome that. But you have to be obedient to the simplicity of Christ. Take the circumstance that you're dealing with in your life and quit looking at it as the result, the final result. That is not the final result. Praise the Lord. Use the Word of God. It says, look at the obvious facts. 
Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as anybody else. There's no ladder in the kingdom of God. There's nobody higher than you. Praise the Lord. There's only you, your brother, your sister, hallelujah, all eye to eye, Christ and the Father. That's it. That's it. Quit trying to climb somewhere. Christ climbed that mountain for you. Christ overcame that for you. Walk in faith in who you are in Christ. It says, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority God has given to us. So you could be looking at me this morning and say, well, I don't know, Pastor Paul. That sounds like a, wow, that sounds like too good to be true. It sounds like you're boasting up there. I'm only boasting because of what Christ has given to me. And I'm only boasting because of what Christ has given to you. And all I, I'm here to tell you is that if you renew your, your mind to the Word of God, you can have whatever you desire in your life. But our authority builds you up, does not tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Without a set of expectations, how can anyone on their way know they're on their way to anywhere? Without having some level of expectation, how do you know where you're at in your journey with God? I would ask every person in this room, analyze your life. Look at what's missing and broken. Identify the doubts and the fears and the apprehensions that you have. And begin to start with the small ones first. Don't go for Goliath on number one. Praise the Lord. He's a big one. But you could start with something small. And as you continue to overcome in these areas of your life and you begin to see the evidence of that start to unfold in your life, you're going to start to, see, to, start to really understand what faith is and what it can accomplish in your life. Too often we see only the, pers the personal results, results we desire without consideration of the needs of others and the costs that must be paid along the way. So it's not all about you. Sometimes you've got to begin to say, you know what, I'd rather be happy than right. Oh, Pastor Paul, oh, man, that's a dagger in my heart. I don't know. They've done so many bad things, and you haven't? You're clean? You, you've never fallen short of the glory of God? You, you're, a, you're just a, a perfect person? I'd also say that you're going to have to pay attention because as you go out and you begin to fight, it's called the good fight of faith, praise the Lord. It's a fight. It's a battle that's going to be won in your brain. I promise you, you're going to identify with God or you're going to identify with something else. And that's going to be your choice. But I'm here to tell you that there are going to be bumps in that road. Major bumps that are going to be, I mean, already set in place before you ever even decided to go that way. But I'm here to tell you that no matter what you face along the way, if you'll just stay in faith, you'll just believe, you'll just trust God, because what is a relationship with God without trust in the first place? <laughs> but there are going to be bumps along the way. Joshua 1, uh, 1 through 9, it says, After the death of Moses, the, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I'm going to give them. 
I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot will be on land I have given to you. From Negev, the Negev wilderness, to the south, to the Lebanon mountains, to the north, from the Euphrates River, from the east, to the Mediterranean Sea, to the west, including all the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful they do. Uh, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either from the right to the left. Then you will be successful in every single thing that you do. Study the book of the instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. If you go all the way to the end of Joshua, the end of Joshua's life, there were losses. There was betrayal. There was, I mean, all kinds of things throughout the book of Joshua. It wasn't just one victory after the other, although there were many, 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 many victories. The key here was to be strong and courageous. That's what the key was. God didn't say, well, do this thing first and then that thing and then go over here and then do this and that and the other. He says, no, follow my word and be strong and courageous with it. That's all you need to do. Everything else is up to me. And they overcame everything that they had to. And ultimately, he was not only delivered Joshua, but all the people that were attached to him. But at the end of the story, Joshua in chapter 23, verse 6 through 13, which I'm not going to read due to time, but it literally, he just says the same thing. He's about to die. And he says, you know what? All you need to do is follow the word of God. Follow the instructions of Moses. And you know what? Be of good cheer. Be of, cor of courage. Do what God's called you to do. Don't worry about the circumstances. Just keep moving forward. Keep your heart turned towards him. Keep your ear tuned into what he's saying no matter what you're going to face. That's all he had at the end of his life. He didn't go and talk about all of his great victories and all of the, over all the ites and all this other stuff and all the detail behind that. He says, no. He said, I'm going to tell you the same thing I was told when I came into office. And praise the Lord, that's still the word of the Lord today. You've got to grab a hold of the word of God. You've got to have courage to take that out to the world and begin to transform it by the power of God. That is what a miracle is. That is how miracles happen. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Hallelujah. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I'm going to close with this scripture in Acts 9 verse 36 through 41, because you could come to the end of your rope. 
I'm talking about doing the will of God. I'm talking about signing up and saying, you know what? I am not going to be deterred. I am going to be strong. I am going to be courageous. I am going to apply the word of God to my life. But you could still come to the end of your rope. Remember, it's not about what you, can, what you have in your hand. It's about what you have in your heart. And all you have to do is keep believing in what's in your heart what you'll have in your hand. So hear this. In Acts 9, 36 through 41, in closing, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha. Put your name in her place as I read this. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and she died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. I mean, they've moved her. They've prepared her. She is dead. It is over. But the believers had heard that Peter, a believer in Jesus Christ, was nearby where she was. So they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter, hallelujah, you could be, you are a Peter. Because I'm telling you this much, you may be at your end of your rope and you may be where Tabitha is or you may be at the top of the mountain where Peter is. The question is, are you going to do what God's called you to do? So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and the other clothes, Dorcas or uh, Tabitha had made for them. But Peter asked them to all leave the room. Then he knelt and he prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. But he called in the widows and the believers, and he presented her to them alive and well. You may be at the end of your rope this morning. The numbers that you are looking at from your doctor could be off the charts. The numbers you're looking at in your financial situation could be off the charts in the worst way. The relationships in your life, those important ones, could be bankrupt and you could be going, I don't know, I've taken too many withdrawals, it's over, I can't even call my mom, I can't even call my sister, I can't even call this person anymore. But I'm here to tell you that it is not over until God says it's over. This woman, nobody hardly knew. They just knew that she was a good person doing good things. But here's what I'll tell you. It was over for her. She had no more numbers to tally anymore. It was over. You're still alive. You're still here. You have a brain that you can begin to reorganize your way of thinking and begin to walk in the supernatural power of God and to stand in your place in Christ that has been preordained since before the foundations of this earth. Some of you need to come to Christ for the first time in this room. Some of you need to come back to Christ in this room. And the third category is some of you need to deal with your doubts in this room this morning. 
I'm going to say this prayer, and I want you to say it with me. I want you to mean it with all your heart. And I want you to make a line in your sand that says, I ain't going back to where I was before I walked through those blue doors in the back. I'm going to move towards who I am in Christ, and I'm going to see the miraculous in my life. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for all the wrong things I've ever done. Thank you for freeing me from the influence of sin. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Speak to me. Give me the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And may my spirit bear witness with the Holy Spirit. I cast all my cares upon you because you cared for me. I thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you came to Christ this morning, you came back to Christ this morning, or you have, you have literally surrendered your doubts to God, just slip your hand up this morning. I see those hands, I see those hands, I see those hands. Hallelujah. It's such a, such a precious, precious time in the Holy Spirit this morning. Father God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for doing what only you can do. And I thank you for doing it through them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.